Said I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. right my name is scott adams you're listening to the scott adams show I want to thank everybody for tuning in today and well we have a new nominee for speaker of the house and that's going to be steve scalise a lot of people aren't too happy about it after they found out that you know a little bit more about scalise i was at an event uh where steve scalise spoke it was a private event and i really liked the guy and apparently Matt Gates does too, but, you know, I really thought that this whole thing with respect to a uh, speaker change had more to do with support for Ukraine and and how we've been putting Ukraine first and America last with regard to funding. Just look, ask the Hawaiians, you know, who got $700 and you got... Uh, Zelensky's wife going to Cartier in New York City for one day and spending $1.1 million. Yeah, that made the news. So the the point is, is that I'm a little concerned about this uniparty takeover. And now what's trending is not good for the GOP at all. I mean, the GOP, defund the GOP is, is trending on the Internet. Do you think that's good? I mean, the thing is, is that when will the GOP, the RNC, the WinRed, when will they all just wake up and realize that they have to answer to the people? They're so arrogant about it all. They think they're right. They think they're the smartest people in the room. And somehow they know best. But they don't. One thing I've learned in my set of years on this earth is that there is a lot of knowledge in the aggregate. That, you know, there are some times, though, this is why we have artists, there are some times when people think alone, they stand alone, 
on their principles, and maybe they were right when everybody else was wrong. I think that Donald Trump could probably make that claim more than most. And that's okay, but I will say this. I will say that for the most part, democracy works. Power in numbers. The winning vote usually works when it's not rigged. And that's all the Republicans ever care about. Let's just not rig the election. Fair and square. Let's rest on our our laurels, our morals, whatever you want to say. Let's rest on our best effort. You know, let's have a debate, an honest debate, and whoever wins, wins. I can recall that Donald Trump went uh, toe-to-toe with Hillary Clinton on three occasions on the three debates. And I remember walking away from one thinking, Donald Trump didn't win that debate. No, I didn't feel great about it. I didn't feel like we won, you know. And then after that feeling, I went on Twitter, which was hijacked by Jack Dorsey at the time, and driven, uh, you know, sort of a left-wing outfit. I mean, obviously, Twitter was run by a whole bunch of zombie left leftists, right? And what told me that Everything was sort of skewed was when Donald Trump didn't really win that debate, but yet when they did these flash polls, they had Donald Trump winning 75% to 25%. And I was like, that can't be true. I said, but there goes the power in numbers. Because the one thing that the algorithm couldn't do on Twitter was account for the next flash poll that's going to come up. And vote. And so the results were startling. And that's what told me that the underbelly of America was truly conservative. And that the minority in this country is the radical left. And that the the elections and the polls are not accurately reflecting what is actually happening in America, I believe, I believe then and I believe now that that Twitter result, that flash result, because at that time, Republicans were being censored like crazy. I mean, they, they still had it stacked up against them. And yet still, the polls on Twitter were so much more favorable to Trump, these flash polls, so much more favorable to Trump than, than the, uh, than the uh, standard bear corporate media polls. And that's what told me that the only way that this left wing is being carried is on the shoulders of rigging. But let's get into this. Um, Let's get into this uh, because we're going to get into this Scalise thing a little bit. Not that I want to spend too much time on it, but it is new. It's it's what we're talking about. We could talk about that. We could talk about Hamas. I don't want to talk about Hamas. We're going to do a little bit of everything today. We're going to talk a little bit about Hamas and and Israel and the conflict, and we're going to talk about Scalise, and we're also going to talk about something I promised yesterday. I would talk about, and that is. 
the wheels are starting to fall off on the Fauci train, and we're going to get to a little bit of that as well. And it's all in the name of globalism. You know that, right? I mean, that's what's driving all of this, right? The motivating factors is America's last. They've been going after America. The globalists have been attacking America for the longest time. Shame on the Bushes, man, for, for, for buying into that crap. This world would be a better place if the Bushes weren't such globalists, junkies. If we had more Reagans and more Trumps in the world, we would be so much better than the corrupt, globalist, money-grubbing, opportunistic pigs that represent the Clinton family, the Bush dynasty, the Obamas. They've all come out richer, more powerful. They've all exploited the Cheneys, you know, Halliburton and all that. They were getting these greasy government contracts. It's disgusting. And there's no end in sight. That's the problem. The problem is so much bigger. I can recall when Trump said, you know, I've dealt business with the baddest dudes on the planet. Arabs, New Yorkers, tough guys, mobsters, Atlantic City and the Vegas. All the stuff that goes on in those streets. I've dealt with it all. The boxing world. How about the NFL replacement, the USFL at one point, working with Herschel Walker? He went on down the list. He said, I've never seen anything as slimy as Washington, D.C. The baddest dudes on the planet. At least one of the things you could do is you could kind of tell when they were lying to you. Or even if they weren't lying to you, it was trust but verify. These snakes here wearing their little bow ties and tweed jackets these academics are using middle-class taxpayer dollars for their strength. They never earned a doggone thing on their own. They're spending other people's money. And there's something about that that's just as slimy as could be. You know, at least, at least when you're sitting down at the table with some guy in a $10,000 suit, wants to buy the corner property and wants to go head-to-head with you, At least you know mano a mano where this guy is coming from. He earned his chops on the streets. But that's not what's happening in Washington, D.C. These little bow tie ivy liggers coming coming to D.C. with their overeducated portfolio and their latte and lying through their teeth. Yeah, I'm talking about Jake Sullivan. Jake Sullivan, who gets it wrong like all the time when it comes to foreign policy. He's such a jack. He is such a bad dude. Never gets it right. But then again, the liberals never get it right when it comes to foreign policy. So... Liz Churchill writes, I really hope everyone can see at this point that the Republican Party has been fully infiltrated by Democrat Marxists. You know, it's bad when wannabe Napoleon is thrilled about Steve Scalise. The unit party only offers death, destruction, and sadness. Oh, by the way, they threw out Hunter Biden's gun charge. They threw it out. The judge threw it out. So when she's talking about wannabe Napoleon, 
She's talking about Adam Kinzinger, okay? So Adam Kinzinger tweets out, he's no longer a congressman, right? He's been booted out. People hate him. And he's the biggest wheel, you know, the guy that cried over, you know, you stood your ground about J6, made it all up. He and Liz Cheney lied through their teeth trying to incarcerate uh, patriots that protested election rigging. These people are just monsters. Speaking of D.C. slime, we're speaking about Adam Kissinger. And in his Twitter feed, he has something that says Slava Ukraine, or Ukrainian, whatever. Best option for Ukraine is what he tweets. Best option for Ukraine. And he's retweeting just in. Steve Scalise has officially won the House Republican nomination for Speaker of the House. Scalise defeated Jordan 113 to 99. Now, actually, my position, my position was that the opportunity was there to select Trump for at least 100 days and give the Republican Party time to really work this out, figure this out. But instead, the platform and the floor went to people like Paul Ryan, who got to speak. And it would have been nice if they would have picked Trump because that would have that would have really energized the Republican Party and let everybody know where everybody stands. But but of course they missed the opportunity. Why? Because they're not really representing you. They're not representing their the people that voted for them. They're representing something else. I mean, Jim Jordan was starting to remind me of Trey Gowdy. And you know what I'm talking about when I say that, right? You know, all talk was a all bite no all all Oh, let's see. All bite, no bark. All bark, no bite. All bark, no bite. And uh, what's the other one? About cattle. That's a good one, too. But, um, yeah, just th- the rhetoric has got to stop. We need action. And that's why I thought that James Comey, James Comey, not James Comey, James, um, the uh, head of the uh, oversight committee, James Comer, Comer, not Comey. Big difference. But um, that's why I thought that he would be good because he's sort of, uh, you know, not a big talker, but maybe a doer, right? I, I like that. But I'm not seeing a lot of things happening, and I'm really sad about it. You know, Hunter Biden's gun charge finally gets thrown out. I mean, do the Bidens ever get charged with anything? You got all this evidence, all these bank records, all these LLCs, all this, all these naked photos of Frank and James and Joe and Hunter. I mean, it's crazy. The Bidens are the biggest sleazebags on the planet. Yet they're running the whole world. How in the world did that happen? Because they kissed the ring of the globalists and they promised. They made promises. And they're keeping their promises but not to you, the American citizen, not to America first. They're opening up the borders and flooding the gates with a whole bunch of crazy criminals that are coming through the border. 
Trump was right again. 2015, he said, they're not sending our best. They're sending criminals, murderers, drug uh, distributors, the whole ball of wax. And people are like, oh, you can't talk like that. That's not politically correct. The best option for Ukraine is not the best option for America, folks. And Adam Kinzinger said this in response. Best option for Ukraine is Steve Scalise. That was our best option, he said. So Steve Scalise was officially won the House Republican nominee in a secret vote. Huh. Why did it, Why a secret vote, huh? I don't get that. I don't understand why it's got to be secret. Republicans held some secret vote where they nominated another giant rhino like McCarthy because they refused to, held, to be held accountable and they know the ba- base doesn't want Scalise. Our joke of a justice system dropped the gun charge on the son of the current POTUS. The same guy is hell-bent on passing new laws to restrict your legal gun ownership rights while his crackhead son gets gets to obtain a gun illegally and never be held accountable for it. Gets to, you know, get a gun while on crack, hiring hookers. But that's okay. Our southern border has has known terrorists and Chinese nations crossing illegally all day, every day, and no one is doing anything about it. Joe Biden refuses to freeze $6 billion. He unfroze to give to Iran, who fund the same terrorists who slaughtered 1,200 Jews in the past five days. And just like that, no one is talking about the crimes of the Biden criminal enterprise, about impeaching Mayorkas, or about releasing the one, uh, the J6 footage. Not only are we forced to watch the demise of our country, but we are forced to pay it, pay for it too. Wow, this person must be listening to my show. This is Insurrection Barbie, defiantly free. And uh, yeah, she hit the nail on the head on that one. I couldn't have said it better myself. So Jared Kushner says in The Hill, my hope and prayer is that Trump is reelected in 2024. And Insurrection Barbie writes, yes, and my hope and prayer that we see way more Bannon and way less Kushner in the next Trump term. I'm not so sure about that. I mean, I... I get the, I get it, but uh, uh, you got to give Jared Kushner some props for achieving some some things that he did. The Abraham Accords was pretty, pretty, pretty impressive. So Elvin Civics writes: If the GOP installs Scalise in as a speaker, every small donor GOP member will stop donating directly to the Republican Party. We do not trust him with GOP fund disbursement. Stopping the money is the only way the party will listen. Defund GOP. 
And Cat Turd wrote in response to that, and now they still don't have the votes to even take it to the floor and vote. Train wreck. Republican voters overwhelmingly wanted Jim Jordan over Steve Scalise for speaker. So naturally, the Republican Party did a secret ballot behind closed doors to pick Steve Scalise. Wow. It's crazy. Someone said this, Joey Manorino says, guys, I hate to break it to you, but if we get Scalise as speaker and lose the single member motion to vacate, this, then this whole thing was one big L for us. Fight and get Jordan and we have a major victory. Ah, well, we'll see. We shall see. All right. Here's another comment about this. Tell me if I'm wrong, but did anyone else want Steve Scalise as speaker? It's right in your face. Everyone I've seen on here and even talked about wanted Jim Jordan. So why why Steve Scalise, right? Why, why that? Why do we keep on getting stuff we don't want? And you just got to ask that question. And... Listen to this. This is kind of an interesting thing. This is Steve Scalise. A while ago. This is a flashback. Steve Scalise, leading contender in the GOP speakership race, accuses Putin of genocide in Ukraine and attacks Biden for failing to send fighter jets. We're going to continue to stand with the people of Ukraine, he vows. Let's take a listen. Oops. Wrong audio source. Let's get the right one. Here we go. President Zelensky just gave an incredibly powerful address to Congress. And I think people got to see once again what we've been seeing for weeks, and that is just why President Zelensky is inspiring the people of Ukraine and people all around the world who are rallying behind these strong, incredibly tough people during a brutally, uh, brutally diff- difficult invasion by Putin. When President Zelensky showed that video, you really got to see firsthand the the sheer brutality uh, of what Putin is doing inside Ukraine. It was very difficult to watch. It was heartbreaking. Uh, But it shows you that there's nothing less than genocide going on in Ukraine uh, by Putin and his army. And so as Zelensky made a plea to the United States, to President Biden, he's continued to reiterate that the people of Ukraine just want more tools to be able to defend their country, especially right now to be able to control the sky. And that's why getting these MiGs in immediately is so critical. The longer President Biden waits trying to figure out excuses to not offend Putin, uh, it's it's costing lives in Ukraine. He's got to make that happen. It's a a plea Zelensky continued to make, uh, as well as a plea for other things Uh, that I I think the American people want to do to give them the tools that they need to defend their country. Uh, So as as we look where we are, this is another opportunity for America to step up to and take away Putin's leverage on energy. There's no reason that Putin should be pocketing hundreds of millions of dollars a day by selling oil to America and the United States uh, when we could cut that off right now uh, by opening up our reserves, opening up areas that have been closed by President Biden to leasing so that Putin does not have that leverage over America or Europe to finance this brutal invasion. So we're going to continue to stand with the people of Ukraine and pray for them that they're able to have the tools to defend themselves against what Putin's doing. 
I'm just wondering, is he wearing... Yes, he is. He's wearing a United States Ukrainian flag lapel pin. How disgusting. Can't believe he did that. Because, you know, I'm actually a fan of Scalise. I mean, I like Scalise. Oh, that's so disappointing. Not only that, but when he said pocketing millions of dollars a day, well, that's what that's what Zelensky's doing. Zelensky is a corrupt comedian. I mean, it's unbelievable. But see, the, the, it's all about the money. He can't say no to the money. He's he's in debt. He's got a money train coming. This is all about lobbyists like West Exec and and Albright Stonebridge and uh, Atlantic Council and and uh, Brookings Institution. Getting money, because the money gets sent over there, strings are attached, they have to hire consulting companies, PR firms, and lobbyists to fulfill, to extend, and to uh, make sure that the agenda stays alive for every round of funding for the next year, to two years. And so it goes back, and it's the cost of doing business in Ukraine. And the money comes, and the lobbyists pick and choose on lists who they're going to approach and who they're going to coddle and who they're going to embrace and who they're going to punish and penalize. And it's done on a very individual level. Oh, you said this? You did that? Oh, you did that? Oh, we have a zero tolerance for any dissent related to Ukraine. So we're pulling funding from your campaign, from your foundation, unless you atone for your mistakes. You see, I mean, this is what it's all about. This is how you get the uniparty to dominate. Nobody wants a uniparty, but that's how the, that's how the uniparty thrives. Take a listen to this loser, Paul Ryan. I think it's important just for the world to show that our democracy is working, that it's thriving. I think what Matt Gates and these seven nihilists did was a total disgrace. 4% of the conference overturned the will of 96% of the conference to fire a speaker for what? Doing his job. Um, if Matt Gates had his way, we would be not only in a defunctional Congress right now, but we'd be in a government shutdown. So I think it's disgraceful what these people did. Um, but we have to move on. We have to elect a new speaker. We got to show that we can walk and chew gum as a country at the same time, govern, um, and give our allies what they need in this very very pressing time for that. Yeah, well, now he got what he wanted. He got uh, somebody that supports Ukraine. But the, the bigger surprise now is that one of the biggest advocates for Scalise is Matt Gates, And Matt Gates is anti-funding Ukraine. He's, he doesn't support the Ukraine funding. So to me, I don't quite get it. You know, it doesn't make sense unless Matt Gates is... You know, I think that they all sort of flip. Marjorie Taylor Greene was doing that for a bit. Uh, Bobart has. Uh, 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 Roy, Chip Roy. I mean, all, a lot of people have just disappointed me. 
Let's take a listen With the this. historic vote in the House of Representatives that removed Kevin McCarthy from the speakership, one particular Republican rose to national attention for his role as the congressional Now, this director. is before the that vote. Is this is one day before Gates, the vote. He joins us now to discuss the next so step in the speaker's race. But before we do that, Matt, there was a big meeting, allegedly a big meeting happening behind closed doors today, and then the vote happens tomorrow. Did the meeting take place? And if it did, what happened? We just concluded a candidate forum with Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan, the two men vying for speaker. And I've got to tell you, Eric, I am excited about a new era of leadership here in the House of Representatives. Jim Jordan and Steve Scalise are both well-known among our party's most dedicated activists. They are respected among our donors, and they will be trusted among the members of the House of Representatives who now must come together to resist the excesses of the Biden administration. Uh, there was a lot of discussion about spending tonight, which I very much appreciate. We've got to have a strong strategy to put downward pressure on spending. I favor single-subject spending bills to do that, not mushing everything together for one big vote. Uh, I believe that tomorrow we will likely have, uh, if not a Speaker of the House, we'll be well on our way to coalescing around either of these two men. And uh, I'm going to do a lot of praying tonight to figure out which one I'm going to vote for. You think it's going to be one of those two, uh, Congressman, because a lot of people are saying, well, if, if neither Jordan nor Scalise can get to 217s, people oh, McCarthy again? By the way, who is no fan of yours, as you may have noticed. Yeah, I probably am off uh, former Speaker McCarthy's Christmas card list, but I wouldn't count on a political comeback. The same math problem that resulted in Kevin McCarthy losing a procedural vote and then losing his speakership persist on the floor today. This is not a time to move backward. We want to move forward. And what was interesting tonight, if I can just bring the audience you know, into the room, both Scalise and Jordan offered really contrasting visions to that of Kevin McCarthy. Steve Scalise said time and again that we weren't doing enough to put the Democrats on, on uh, the spot and to play offense. And Jim Jordan talked about a more robust strategy for oversight and pursuing the Biden crime family than we've seen to date. And so it seems as though the Republican conference is about to kick into high gear. And uh, I'm really excited for that. I think we're going to do good things for the country. And we are the ones that a lot of Americans you know, place their hope in. Right now, you've got a president that can't act, a Senate that won't act. And it's the House and the House alone that has to show vision and leadership and, and really give people that sense that our best days to, can still be ahead for Americans. So, so just about a minute or so, Congressman, we don't expect another replay of what we saw in January where there's factions of holdouts and it got kind of messy, especially with what's going on with 14 Americans dead in Israel right now. I mean, it, it, will this be a, a smoother process, do you predict? I do. I think that in a two-man race, there's a pretty high likelihood that one will be ahead, the other will be behind, and uh, the person ahead will have a great deal of momentum going into the coming days and really the coming weeks because government funding runs out in just tens of days, and we've got to have a, a way to put pressure on the Senate. We want to get our Border Patrol funded, our troops funded, but at the same time, we believe there are some agencies that deserve a real deep vertical cuts based on the harm they've done to our fellow Americans. Americans. Very quick. Uh, you can't get Israel aid until you get a speaker. Is that right? Accurate? No, that, no, that's not true. So we have Israel essentially. So, you know, um, I, I was disappointed they didn't mention Ukraine there. Um, they didn't bring that up. 
I think it will be interesting going forward, um, individual items, you know, the, to, uh, to, to in, in tens of days, he said, you know, in 45 days from the last omnibus, they're going to be voting on funding the government. And instead of all the pork earmarks and all the different side things that go on to these big bills where I'll only vote for that, you know, funding the government unless unless you give me like a bridge in my community, whatever. So all these little things, you know, or or study crayfish uh, sexual changes when it's warm. I mean, you know, stuff, weird stuff. So, you know, they um, they're going to take off those earmarks and just vote on individual items. So that would be a great thing. And we'll see that we'll see that put into action. And I think that's going to yield a lot of fireworks. Or it's just going to make it so these bills are so much cleaner and we know where our congressmen stand on key issues. So for that, I think, you know, we're in good shape. They mentioned Israel and Hamas. Just keep in mind that the squad is supporting Hamas. Remember this little gem from Ocasio-Cortez? Like there in terms of geopolitics of and the course, war in the Middle East but, protests. Well, yes, but I also think that what people are starting to see, at least in, in the occupation uh, of of Palestine is um, just an increasing crisis of humanitarian condition. And that to me is just where I tend to Mm -hmm. come from on this issue. You use the term the occupation of Palestine. Mm. What did you mean by that? Oh, um, I think what I meant is like the the settlements that are increasing in in some of these areas and and places where... um, or Palestinians are experiencing uh, difficulty in access to uh, their housing and homes. Do you think you can expand on that? Yeah, I mean, I think I'd also just, I, I am not the expert on geopolitics on this issue. Very different than people expressing their First Amendment right to... Uh, that's uh, so bad, right? Remember that? You could tell that she didn't even know. She just glazed over. She started talking like Kamala Harris does almost every single time. And that's what we have running our country. Take a listen to this exchange from Ocasio-Cortez. One of the criticisms of you is that your math is fuzzy. The Washington Post recently awarded you four Pinocchios for uh, misstating some statistics about Pentagon spending. If people want to really blow up one figure here or one word there, I would argue that they're missing the forest for the trees. I think that there's a lot of people more concerned about being precisely, factually, and semantically correct than about being morally right. But being factually correct is important. It's absolutely important. And (laughs) whenever I make a mistake, I say, okay, this was clumsy. And then I restate what my point was. Um, But it's, it's not the same thing as the president lying about immigrants. It's not the same thing at all. Well, the only one who lied about the immigrants was Ocasio-Cortez when she staged a political stunt theater at the border crying in front of a chain-linked fence. 
that was surrounding a parking lot, and she made it out to be like these people were in cages. It's unreal. We are not electing our nation's best. We just aren't. But uh, in any case, we're going to move on from those issues. As we said, Hunter Biden's judge dismissed the gun charge. Unbelievable. And then here's something else that's unbelievable. So the family of, there, you may not even know about this story, but it's worth mentioning because it involves Larry Krasner from the DA from Philadelphia. So there was this white reporter uh, that worked at the Philadelphia Inquirer and named Josh Kruger. And Larry Krasner said, Josh Kruger lifted up the most vulnerable and stigmatized people in our communities. Uh, so he, vos- mo- he he lifted up the most vulnerable and stigmatized. You know, the people that have been discriminated against, t- Josh Kruger was there for them, particularly unhoused people living with addiction, right? Which is uh, half the population of Philadelphia at this point, it seems like. So here's the true story. So that's Larry Krasner, Soros DA, lying to you. It turns out and then there was this thing where Josh Kruger tweeted this. I should clarify I am not saying give white progressive credit. Uh, Anti-racist work done by whites take whites takes its lead from non-white communities directly affected by a white supremacist societal super uh, structure. And so in any case, he also said the centuries old smear that gay men are pedophiles is getting new life. Thanks to coordinated uh, coordination between far right news sites and far right message boards. The egregious, Defamation is part of a strategy to target LGBTQ people with violence. So here he is, this journalist from the Inquirer, gay. Well, he gets murdered by a black guy. So the family of wanted uh, of the wanted black teen accused of shooting dead leftist journalist, Josh Kruger, Philadelphia Inquirer, says Kruger Kruger now get this this is the this is the kicker says Kruger groomed him for sex using drugs met like like uh that big donor out in uh California who used to do that to black guys and he was also funding Ted Lou and Adam Adam uh I mean uh, um all of the, pretty much all of the congressmen out in California, San Francisco congressman out in California, the Pelosi's, the Maxine Waters, Adam Schiff, you know, all of those people. Adam Schiff was the name I was trying to think of. Says Kruger, Kruger groomed him for sex using drugs like meth, starting when he was just 15 years old. Josh Kruger, the Philadelphia Inquirer liberal reporter, was a Black Lives Matter advocate who worked for the Philadelphia Office of Homeless Services 
Investigators have also suggested to local media that child porn was found on Kruger's phone and that the disturbing content was turned uh, over to the special victims unit. So here you got a guy that sort of like Jerry Sandusky, you know, developing a, a organization to help young uh, poor children. It's sort of like a way to, if you have a million dollars and you want to live like you have $10 million, you move to like some developing nation, you move to Thailand or you move to Costa Rica or somewhere where your money travels further and you get to be a big shot, big spender, right? So same thing. These people have enough money to be rich in very, very poor communities where, you know, $10 gets you a lot more than it does, say, in uh, in Rittenhouse Square, which is one of the finer areas of inner center city Philadelphia. $10 will get you not even a parking ticket, you know, not even a parking space. $10 will get you maybe a latte in, in Rittenhouse Square. But $10 in Northeast Philly or Northwest Philly, I should say, um, will get you a lot further. A hit of crack can get you a ballot and a vote for Democrats. Um, or it'll get you sexual favor from whoever. So, I mean, that's what's going on there. These liberals are sick. And the statistics involved with how many people were uh, sexual predators and rapists, uh, most, you know, the LGBTQ community and the trans community are way overrepresented. Well, not even, not overrepresented, well represented in the, in the communities of the jail system. Um, here, Charlie Kirk writes this in February, 2020 Harvard business school got its largest ever gift, $200 million from Leonard Blavatnik, a Ukrainian Jew, Bill Ackman of, of Ashkenazi, Kenazi Jewish descent has given tens of millions to Harvard. There are thousands of others like them. Jews are some of the most generous funders of America's universities from Harvard to New York City, New York University, to Stanford, to Ohio State. Liberal Jews also donate massively to Black Lives Matter. Uh, Wake up American Jews is what Charlie Kirk is saying. Stop subsidizing your own demise by supporting institutions that breed anti-Semites and endorse genocidal killers. I think that's actually a very good point that he's making there. So, Greg Price writes this, Josh Kruger, the left-wing Philly journalist who was murdered in his home last week by 19-year-old Robert Davis, has been had been in a sexually relation sexual relationship with him starting when Davis was just 15 years old and had threatened to post sexual explicit photos of him online per the family. So that's where the murder came into play. All right. So we're going to switch over to health uh, for a second because there's some things I want to play related to um, the vaccine and things we're learning now that we didn't know before. All right, so the World Council for Health expert panel finds cancer-promoting DNA contamination in COVID-19 vaccines. 
international expert panel and concludes that COVID vaccines are contaminated with foreign DNA and that SV40, a cancer-promoting genetic sequence, has been found in the vaccines. This is in the U- from the UK. The World Council for Health, in collaboration with expert advisors, is dedicated to providing the public with accurate and reliable information to promote health and well-being. In light of recent concerns regarding bacterial DNA and genetic sequences in mRNA vaccines, the World Council for Health organization, an urgent expert hearing, uh, organized an urgent expert hearing on this critical topic on Monday, October 9th. The hearing took place virtually and addressed the implications. So there was a lot of people that were involved in that. And they, they this is a serious bit of business. This is like real stuff. This This thing that they forced on us. So it's getting to the point where Real politicians are starting to crack and apologize. You take Daniel Danielle Smith, a woman, she's the premier of Alberta, Canada, is the first major elected politician in the world to issue a heartfelt apology to the unvaccinated for crimes perpetuated against their human rights. Let's take a listen to this. The community that faced the most restrictions on their freedoms in the last year were those who made a choice not to be vaccinated. I don't think I've ever experienced a situation in my lifetime where a person was fired from their job or not allowed to watch their kids play hockey or not allowed to go visit a loved one in long-term care or hospital or not allowed to go get on a plane to either go across the country to see family or even travel across the border. So they have been the most discriminated against group that I've ever witnessed in my lifetime. That's a pretty extreme level of discrimination that we have seen. I don't take away any of the discrimination that I've seen in those other groups that you mentioned, but this has been an extraordinary time in the last uh, year in particular. And I want people to know that I find that unacceptable, that we are not going to create a segregated society on the basis of a, of a medical choice. Wow, that's, that's really powerful, that statement, um, from a very, very prominent person. So um, here's Dr. Fauci. Anthony Fauci says, because we do not know the long-term effects of COVID. Oh, well, I already, you know, I already played this one um, on another show, I just realized. Um All right. So Rand Paul says this. We now have emails that show him saying that we know it was gain of function. So this was uh, something that came out recently. And uh, I want to play it for you. Let's take a listen. From the very beginning, Anthony Fauci knew he was involved with funding this lab and he did everything possible. It's throughout our government. Eight different agencies in our government are covering up their support for this lab in Wuhan. It's ongoing as we speak, even though we've had... Uh, unanimous Congress declassified information. I have classified, unclassified information that's being withheld from me to this day. But we have evidence, yes, that they were dishonest, that Anthony Fauci lied in hearings to me, which is a felony, punishable up to five years. We now have emails that show him saying that he knew it was gain of function, that the virus looked manipulated, and that he was worried that this came from the Wuhan lab. February 1st of 2020. Then he spent the last three years saying, nothing to see here. 
We also know that there was a safety committee that should have reviewed this, and we know that Anthony Fauci went around the safety committee. The safety committee set up in place to make sure this wouldn't happen never saw the Wuhan funding because Anthony Fauci allowed the funding to go around the safety committee. This is a bombshell revelation, and this will eventually bring down Anthony Fauci. Wow. Okay. Well, the same people that brought to you climate, uh, that brought to you the... uh Brought the same people that brought to you um, the COVID lockdowns are now pushing the climate lockdowns. I want to get to that. Let's take a listen. System, we've got everybody locked down. We're going to move to a situation where, to protect the health system, we're going to lock out people who are not vaccinated and can be. If you're making the choice not to get vaccinated, then you're making the wrong choice. You're making the wrong choice. And for safety's sake, and for the back to that point about how much work our nurses have to do, as this becomes absolutely a pandemic of the unvaccinated and we open everything up, it's not going to be safe for people who are not vaccinated to be roaming around the place spreading the virus. That's what they'll be, that's what they'll be doing. So there's every reason, every reason uh, to get vaccinated. And there are appointments available, and there'll be even more appointments available throughout September, October, November, Let's get to those thresholds as fast as we possibly can. But yes, there's going to be a vaccinated uh, economy and you get to participate. See, that was the monster pushing that at the time. Then you got the World Economic Forum advisor. Um, it's not an extremely deadly virus. It's not the Black Death. And look what it's doing to the world. So now just try to think what will be the implications of a much bigger uh, problem like climate change. Also, conceptually, it shows that, um, and here I completely agree with you, Ratko, that it shows you that you can change things on a massive scale. That, um, again, you can stop all flights. You can lock down entire countries. You can actually do that. And uh, life goes on in some way. And this... I would say may make us more open to radical ideas about how to deal also with climate change. That's just scary, man. I've, I've played that for you several times and, uh, you know, it's, it's just crazy, but let's take a listen to this. This is, uh, something else too. This is Christine Anderson, German MEP, uh, member of European parliament on 15 minute cities digital green certificate the COVID pass that was a test balloon to get people to having to produce some kind of a qr code you know just getting people used to that now what they're slamming us with is these 15 minute cities make no mistake it's not about your convenience it's not that they want you to be able to you know uh, have uh, all of these places that you need to get to very close Um, and it's not about saving the planet either by the way and by the way what about exercise uh, it's actually pretty good how are you going to get your ten thousand steps Right. If you don't have a place to walk to the 15 minute cities, they will have to have those before they can lock you down. And that's what we're talking about here. So in Great Britain, some county already passed legislation. They will be able to impose a climate lockdown. That's the next step. That's what we're talking about. So in order to do that, they will have to have these 15 minute cities. Uh, The next step then, of course, will be um, 
you are only allowed to leave your immediate area for, let's say, two or three times a year. So, but there's other people that may have more money and they can, they can actually buy your uh, passings off of you. So guess what? The poor people will be left in these 15-minute neighborhoods while the ones that are better off um, get to go wherever they want to go. So this is what we're talking about, you know. Um, look at Saudi Arabia, for instance. They're pulling up Naum City. Um, they call it the line. So this is like a structure in the middle of the desert, 200 kilometers long, 200 meters wide, 500 meters high and it will house up to nine million people oh isn't that just brilliant if i wanted to get total control of the people that's exactly where and how i would house them and then having them on a three me uh, three meals a day prescription well guess what will happen if you do not do as you are told they will probably cancel that it's so easy. So that's what we're talking about. And uh, when you really take all of this together, there is no other way for me to, to actually say this. It will be a complete impoverishment and enslavement of all the people. Yeah. Has anybody been following that, that, that line in Saudi Arabia? It's an amazing structure. And on its face, you know, you see that and you're like, wow, that is impressive, right? But <laughs> the way she just described it, it's in the desert, right? I mean, they could blow the whole thing up if they wanted to, you know. I mean, it is 9 million people. Now, you think about it, it's this it's structure that's like a straight line. And it's so many meters wide and, and long, 200 meters long, I guess. But... You know, you could you could do the plumbing pipes, you know, straight down the the line, and and it, it is very efficient. So you know, you could definitely see how the brochure looks really appealing, right? But it's not. It is a setup. It's it's basically cheese on a mousetrap. There's a guillotine waiting for you at the end. You know, I mean, that's the thing that you got to be careful about. Is the brochure is never the whole story and they have been making brochures for a long time net neutrality was a brochure it sounded so so appealing i was involved in the, with an internet business at that time and and i was like i know that this net neutrality is you know giving up your freedom independence and control to the government it sounds better but it's not it's throttling. It's a whole bunch of other things. You know, the brochure is never what it seems. And you have to have open and honest discussion and debate. And that's something that the left doesn't really want you to have. They don't want you to have a voice. They want a one-direction one dialogue. That's it. Well, we're going to put a stop to that because we're going to continue to voice our truths, the truth the truth. And with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Be sure to check out magapack.org. Magapack.org. Make a donation to keep Scott Adams' show commercial free. Use Red State over at mypillow.com. And we'll see you next time.